Via casa, nadie te ama. <laughs> Bye, go home. No one loves you. This is the and podcast. Espanol. <laughs> I'm Lena. I'm Mark. Welcome, welcome to another week of Bye, go home. No one loves you. Where we talk about whatever we want to talk about that happened in the Rust Belt that falls into the creepy and weird category. Yeah, I like it. That's what we do. Or violent. Yes, true crime esque ish. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. That's what we do. Um, I hablo espanol too. So if you'd like a Spanish version of this podcast, <laughs> just um, let me know. <laughs> just write it in English first so I can run it through Google Translate. <laughs> so we are here for yet another week of the podcast. And before we dive into things, um, earlier this week, I believe Thursday? Wednesday, thir- Wednesday or Thursday, um, I was interviewed on Scarborough's Finest podcast um, by Corey and Mike, and we did oh, a little. Corey and Mike are great. They're so funny and so Canadian. So I listened to the episode, and as soon as they hung up with me, because I know Corey, I don't know Mike, but Mike was like, "It's kind of rude to tell someone they sound like Fran Drescher," and I like. Died. Okay, okay, you're you're not ex- you're picking and choosing the facts there they said i sounded like fran Drescher. i'm not sort mad of. about it they said your accent did but they also said that you sounded like rachel ray and then and they said i was adorable exactly so just make sure you i'm say single all hers. if anyone wants to hit me up slide into my dms yeah and she's barren <laughs> You know what that means. No pregnancy scares. So yeah, go check out um, Scarborough's Finest Podcast. It's their most recent episode from earlier this week. like Number 199. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Hey, Wayne Gretzky. That's hey. how I remembered it. Um, Sports reference. Me. Who'd have thought? You're so butch. Whoa. Um, speaking of butch, this has nothing to do with being butch, but if anyone ever wants to send us any recommendations of things they would like for us to cover, or if they would like to write us a personalized song, or if they want to make some fan fiction about us, Ew, you no. can you can email us at you at gmail.com. Um, we're also at podcast on Instagram, and go like our show on facebook so you can see what the fuck we're doing when we record do not write fan fiction i don't i don't care what well it doesn't have to be about us together it can just be about us separately i i don't that's that's creepy and it's weird i heard that people in prison love fan fiction i heard that people in prison love one of our prior subjects brianna valenti Ugh. I'm still mad at her. Shook a baby. Now she's in jail. Mommy blogger. Horrible. Hashtag mommy blogger. Hashtag bitch. Not having it. 
I'm still not having it with her. I'm no, like not I, even enjoying that it. That video was too much to like or what I was like recording. Video. I'm sorry. I listen, all this technology is hard for me. I grew up in a different time and I'm sorry that I can't change quickly enough to keep up with all you kids. Sorry, not sorry. I'm not going to apologize for it. Okay. I don't I don't even know what that was. Kevin Hart? I don't think so. I think it was like <laughs> I think it was like Katya. Oh, I just meant because Kevin Hart didn't apologize for whatever jokes he made. That's that. I don't is, even like him anyway. That's such Sue a me. three weeks ago reference. That's like seven months ago. Um. So what I want to talk about today, mm-hmm. you might even know about it because mm-hmm. it happened locally, and apparently it was like the biggest deal that ever happened, ever. Ever, ever? Around here. Okay. Um, It happened, of course, when I left for good and moved to Ohio. Oh. Yeah. Um, The only exciting thing that ever happened in the area happened. Um, My grandma just passed away before I moved, and it's... But I used to call her every day, and so I started calling my mom instead, that's when shocking. I was in Ohio. Yeah, I know. I not to be rude, but I find that shocking. No, I know. Like, <laughs> hey, let's talk about cigarettes and wine. <laughs> okay, but we actually had something to talk about, or she had something to talk about to me because I was excited to tell her about my new adult life that I created for myself in Ohio mm-hmm. and the work I was doing and how great I was at teaching and blah 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 blah. And she would go. Oh, somebody saw Bucky on the rest today. Stop. So I'm going to tell you the story of Ralph Bucky Phillips and his rise to notoriety and his almost legendary status as a folklore hero, even though he's a murderer and one of the worst kinds. But everybody forgot that, apparently. Is, do you think he's related to Busy Phillips? Um, no, but I do think that Bucky guest starred on Dawson's Creek. Oh, my God. Yeah, was Joey he the guy- dated him when she was in college for a second. He was the assistant TA. No, no. He's the guy who threw the Molotov cocktails at the ice house and lit it on fire because Joey's dad was still slinging cocaine. I don't... That makes way more sense. I... I guess, but I mean, I think he makes more sense as a love interest for Jen Lindley because she loves scumbags. R.I.P. Girl. Spoiler alert: She died. (laughs) Dawson's a scumbag. (laughs) But um, so anyways, so every time I would call him, Mm -hmm. I would get something like, "Oh, somebody saw Bucky in their backyard." Oh, I bought a Run Bucky Run (laughs) T-shirt. No, she didn't. No, but they sold did. them. Oh, I know, I know. They had everything. And he I was gone for a while, right? Um. Oh, you heard of him? Yeah. Okay. I remember this. I well, was like seven. Just kidding. I was older than that. <laughs> I was like seven, too, but I just moved away early <laughs> because I was a very mature seven-year-old. Graduated early. I knew what I wanted out of life, so I said, <laughs> fuck it. I'm moving to Ohio, you land took, where <laughs> dreams come true. You took your stick with your little handkerchief tied around the end of it and marched your little ass down the tracks. 
No. <laughs> Um, so Bucky Phillips was raised in Stockton, New York. I believe I've mentioned it in the past. It's by Casadega, which is by Lilydale, which is... Isn't that where the first story took place? The house? The House of Seven Secrets? That never got aired. Oh. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. It didn't get published because I said a couple things that were inappropriate for the venue, and I screwed up with... Keeping names. Oh. Yeah, it never got. Well, we'll have to do that another day then. But anyway, Stockton, it has like 2,000 people in it. Well, it's, I, I mean, that. there's nothing there. Yeah. Um. So he ran away, like, when he was a little kid from his abusive father. He had an expansive history in the New York State Correctional Institute. Uh, he had previously been convicted on three counts of burglary in the third degree, two counts of grand larceny in the fourth and other crimes. And during a transfer out of the Chautauqua County Jail, that's my, that's my old stomping grounds, by the way. I'm kind of famous there. He left a note threatening to splatter pig meat all over Chautauqua County with the term pig being derogatory slang for a police officer. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I thought pigs, like literal. I I didn't notate. Uh-huh. The explanation until I saw our producer frantically looking around for our pig. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I should explain that. <laughs> um, I was going to say, that's expensive. Pork is not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, you said pig meat. Pork <laughs> is cheap. You get a pork loin at price rate for four fifty. I bought a bag of chicharrones I mean, for if- 89 cents at the corner store we just went to. And our pig loves them. If if you buy enough to cover the whole town, that's like at least a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, anyway. That's expensive. Back to my story. Thank you. This is my time, not yours. <laughs> this is my moment? I am reclaiming my time and my moment. This is my moment, and I feel like you were taking that away from me. Do you feel very attacked right now? I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> Um, so at the time of his escape, he was serving a 90 day sentence for violating terms of his parole. Um, uh-huh. that could be anything. He'd been released in November 2005 after a burglary conviction, but he did not report to his parole officer. So he was arrested on January 6th. Cool. Right. Makes sense. That's, that's how it should Typical. be. If you don't report to your parole officer, go back to jail. The end. Um, Family members claim that the ex-husband of Philip's ex-girlfriend. Okay. That was. His ex-girlfriend's ex-husband. Well, if you grew up where I grew up. It's just like his cousin. That you would have put that together in two seconds. Yeah. But. Oh. Wow, the person that yells at us for putting down drinks on the table or moving or breathing loud just had their phone go off. That's cool. This is my moment. <laughs> this is my moment. My time. Um, <laughs> ugh, I'm so angry right now. I could just. Are you going to Bucky Phillips somebody? I'm going to. Bucky Phillips, your ass. (laughs) And then I'm going to Brianna Valenti you. (laughs) You're shaking. Because you're two pounds. Um, So 
He was being held in the Erie County Jail for a parole violation. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, the jail you and I have spent some time in. Um, <laughs> but he escaped on April 2nd, 2006, and was on the run until September 8th, 2006. And so that summer, as the first summer, I had moved away from Wait, Dr. what were New the York. dates again? Uh, April 2nd, 2006 <gasps> to September 8th, 2006. So it encompassed the end of spring, all of summer, the beginning of fall. That's six months. Wow, you're really good with the numbers. Did you see me counting on my fingers? (laughs) And I respect that. You know what I also respect? The fact that your phone's off. It's just always on silent. Huh. Doesn't have weird noise. Um, But anyways... (laughs) He escaped by cutting through the Korean metal roof of the facility's kitchen using a can opener. And we're not done here. No, let me tell you, (laughs) as somebody that has opened a can with my teeth and pops beer bottles with my teeth and cuts things in place of a can opener, this is this is amazing. How? I don't understand how, because. Like, there's always something in the way of a can opener? Well, if you pop it off... Oh, if you... If you pop it off, you have automatically, like, a scoring tool for a metal, like, aluminum, which would be the kitchen... How do you get to the ceiling? He climbed? On top of what? Cupboards? I don't... Whatever. He put things together. And no one stopped Listen, you went to school for metalsmithing as well. You know as well as I do how easy it is to cut through aluminum and how easy it is to score it. So right. if he did that in the kitchen, he probably did it in an air duct, climbed into the air duct, and got the F out. This is a movie. This is like Redneck, Ocean's Eleven, but not stealing things, just getting out of jail. Oh, well, he actually... Uh- <laughs> He stole numerous vehicles and broke into several cabins across western New York and Warren County and McKean County, Pennsylvania. And police believe that at some point he walked on Oliver Road looking for people to pick him up. Where's Oliver Road? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But during the earlier phases of his escape and his run from the law, uh, he acquired somewhat of a folk hero status that only grew and grew the longer that he was free. Uh, Local businesses were selling t-shirts saying, where's Bucky? And run, Bucky, run. And don't shoot, not Bucky, or got Bucky. Oh, that last one's bad. Right? <laughs> um, it's trash. Trashy trash. Yeah. So a local restaurant also started selling. I, I'm not going to name this restaurant because it's a piece of shit. But they started selling a Bucky Burger <laughs> because it was served in a to-go box for those on the run. <laughs> And a local folk musician even, like, wrote a song about him. So he all of a sudden became, like, this giant mythical figure. So much so that my mom, who doesn't talk about, like, anything with me except, like... Cigarettes and wine. And I forgot to pay this 2500 house renovation bill. Can you take care of it? Type <laughs> stuff. Um, so she talked about that that whole summer. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, this is the first time I ever was proud of anything they ever did as an adult. And I'm stuck here all by myself. I 
I guess I should do drugs and make new friends. And, and so, that's what you did. Yeah. So I stopped calling. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> around 1 a.m. on June 10th, uh, State Trooper Sean Brown was shot in Veteran, New York, which is about 10 miles north of Elmira. So I remember that. You do? Yes, I remember that. Okay. Um, but I did not know where it was. You know I know where nothing is. That's true. But he'd seen a Ford Mustang, which had been reported stolen. He approached the vehicle and the driver. The driver was later identified as Phillips. Not at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phillips shot him, and then he sped off. The officer was seriously injured with gunshot wounds, and on June 27th, after reports of stolen vehicles and break-ins, police in Chautauqua County, New York, put down their donuts and slowly <laughs> sauntered out of Duncan, got into their cars, and drove at a leisurely pace to an abandoned backpack, which was found, which contained <laughs> items tied to Phillips, as well as the thirty-eight caliber handgun he'd allegedly used in the June 10th incident. Uh, on August 8th, police were minutes behind Phillips. Uh, he was on the Tuscarora Indian Reservation in Niagara County. Um, obviously, the Chautauqua County police lost him because you don't say. they were driving very slowly. Um, but he disappeared in the woods. August 19th, a policeman checking out a motorcycle with invalid tags chases Phillips into an apartment complex and then discovered a group of people believed to have been hiding him for several days who were all arrested. Phillips, however, escaped once more. Stop it. So this only, like, compounds and multiplies all the... He's like, making everyone look stupid. Ridiculousness. No, like, everybody is talking about Bucky Phillips. And he shot a cop. But, like, normal, everyday, lovely people, like my mom, right, are literally rooting for him and saying, like, run, Bucky, run. And, like, you know, only talking about Bucky's whereabouts. And, oh, did you hear about Bucky? It's like everyone's little gossip. Right. And it's because he kept getting away. And Right. That's shocking. Did he try to, like, alter his appearance at all? No, he's pretty average looking, but he was also, like... I feel like he was tall. On the res. Um, actually, I can probably tell you. Uh, let's see. He was born on June 19th, 1962. He... I don't know. I don't... I don't want to look it up because it's boring. It's just crazy. So, like, and then the people, the seven people, they were hiding him. He wasn't holding them hostage or anything like no, that? No, 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 no. He had people that were, like, literally hiding him. It's not clear if they're, were like, they like fa- from my research, it's not clear from if they're family or just, like, Fans. groupies. Yeah. But <gasps> it really, oh Chautauqua God. County was this bizarre place where everybody was rooting for this awful yeah that's nuts just because he got away um he was captured around 8 p.m oh bucky phillips is approximately six feet tall by the way so that's like not that tall yeah um he was captured by state police around 8 p.m on friday september 8th 2006 in warren county in pa Mm -hmm. so the woods uh which is where he's been this whole time pretty much yeah, he really spent a lot. I mean, 
it's hard to imagine if you live in a place like Buffalo or you grew up in a place like New York City, but most of everything Western New York and upstate New York is woods. Mm-hmm. And he stuck to Indian reservations, which are woods. And a helicopter just took off right behind you. <laughs> That's what that noise was. Um <laughs> But he was captured without gunfire. He was hiding in a lightly wooded area at the time of his capture. He was spotted by a sheriff's deputy from a distance. Troopers all appeared in the area because they were in Warren County, not Chautauqua County. Mm -hmm. If they were in Chautauqua County, you know, the troopers would have... Tripped walking towards him and then he would have ran away. Or they would have, like, tried to ride a bike under the woods and fallen (laughs) over. Or they would have, like, waited and stopped and packed a picnic lunch first so that they could rest gonna try. They were going to try to trap him under a box. They were going to put a bunch of treats (laughs) under a box with a stick underneath it. And then when he was going to walk and crawl under it, they were going to trap him under the box. They were just going to yank that string. (laughs) And then the stick was going to fall and capture him. Straight out of Scooby fucking Doom. But in all seriousness, we respect the Chautauqua County Police Department very much. Okay. Um, <laughs> when he was captured, there was no gunfire. He was reported having a defeated look by the. He didn't police. shoot anyone. I'm surprised. I'm surprised right? it wasn't like a fucking standoff. Yeah, I'm. I'm shocked by that. Um, I thought he was fucking ballsy. He was charged by the U.S. Marshals with interstate flight to avoid prosecution, uh, and then federal authorities waived their charges so New York State could proceed with attempted murder charges against Phillips as a result of the shooting of the state trooper. Right. Um, so those were all pending, and murder in a second an attempted murder charge could be filed if evidence can tie Phillips with the shooting of Troopers Baker and Longobardo, which I didn't even talk about. But, um, yeah. That's the story of the flight of Bucky Phillips. On November 29th, he pled guilty, or in his own words, to the judge in the court, quote, guilty is all hail, end quote, <laughs> to charges of aggravated murder uh, and attempted aggravated <laughs> murder. <laughs> guilty is all hail, sir. Yeah, so he was sentenced on December 19th, 40 years to life for shooting and wounding the trooper. Um, there's a there's a timeline, but I kind of covered it. I mean, this literally happened end of spring 2006 throughout the summer, ended in fall right. 2006, the beginning of it. So it impacted my life very much, and I will always remember it because... It was a time in my life where all I wanted to do was talk about myself and nobody would let me because they were talking about Bucky. (laughs) And that's why I never grew out of it. So is he still alive then and just hanging out in prison? He in jail. He's just incarcerated? Yes. Wow. I didn't know all that. I, like, remember him being on the run because I was 2006. I was a junior in high school. (sighs) Okay. And I just remember, I remember being on the TV all the time. Um, well, I was establishing my adult life because <laughs> I skipped five years of school. Um, but it's thought that a lot of the folklore hero status came from people being pissed about 
the way the search for Phillips was done by the Erie County Sheriff's Office, like sounds like bullshit. Yeah, was just traipsing through people's property and <gasps> yeah, yeah, like people got annoyed, so they decided, well. Fine, I'm a buy a Bucky T-shirt. Did he have people on the inside working with him too, like like prison workers, corrections officers? I don't think so. Nobody ever brings it up. Um, but he just fucking got himself out by. I mean, allegedly he didn't. Yeah, we That's we say nuts. allegedly just to cover our asses. Allegedly, on up and down, all over the place. That's just nuts. That like I'm still baffled by the fact that he cut a hole in the aluminum roof. There's there was something really messed up that happened in Chautauqua County that the police tried to blame on Bucky Phillips too, really? which is yeah, um, it's the shooting of Brad Horton, uh, who was somebody I actually knew growing oh. up. Um, not well, but like I knew knew him. of him, yeah, yeah. Um, on June twenty sixth, two thousand six, police were looking in the town of Sheridan, Stockwell County, which is right by Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and vehicles believed to be stolen up by Phillips had shown up there. Uh, and Trooper Sean Pierce stopped Bradley Horton on his ATV. From this point on in the story, police and the local residents' stories differ. The police claim Horton sped away, dragging the officer, and friends of Horton claim that no one was dragged. New York State Trooper shot Brad Horton, and he died. <gasps> and the friends with him were kept from calling 911, according to them. Uh, Horton called his wife and 911 as he lay dying in the field. His family was also unable to search for him. Eventually, Chautauqua County Sheriff's Office were led onto the scene and located Horton. He was flown by helicopter to Hammett Medical Center in Erie, but he died that evening. And that supposedly was a situation that started because people were stopping every vehicle and searching and looking for Bucky. Bucky Phillips. Um... But there were a lot of peripheral things that spiraled out of Bucky Phillips that were not good. And a lot of people forget about that because they got so caught up in the fun, funny aspect. Run, Bucky, run. Got Bucky. Right. Et cetera. Um, but at least one person died at least in a tertiary manner because of what happened. Yeah, and that sounds like that sounds so phony that he was dragging the officer behind him. Like it's an ATV, it's not a vehicle. I I this is very you'll probably never hear me say this again, but I I'm not even comfortable talking about it because it was something that I was actually sort of close to. Yeah. And it it was really something really down and dirty happened there. That honestly that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like, you know, well he dragged me. Well why did he get shot? I, like that's I a say, whole other subject. It's not the sort of person that would drag a cop or not stop for a cop. But anyway, that that is definitely not a story for this podcast. Because, no, because we will go off about. Well, and because I, yeah. I prefer to talk about people I don't respect. Right. I respect Brad Horton, Bucky Phillips, suck a dick. I don't respect you one bit. Brianna Valenti, suck a dick. I'm still talking about her. That's two episodes ago. (laughs) 
Bye, Bucky. Go home. No one loves you. Or go to jail and stay you there. Don't you stay run. there. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all that with me. It was it, nice to like, you know, like learn more about the fuckery that happened with him. Yeah, a lot of people only know about like the mythology. I just remember him being missing for like ever. And they're saying like don't like don't go into the woods, don't go in your backyards, like you never know where he's gonna show up. Yeah. So Fuck that. Good times. Bye, Bucky. Good times. Bye, Bucky. Go home. No one loves you. Being with Infants by Montessori teacher trainer and world-renowned child specialist Beverly Kovach is finally on DVD and digital download. The long-awaited 3D disc set is essential for any new parent, grandparent, or infant caregiver wanting respectful relationships with infants and their care. Being with Infants is broken down into 20 easy-to-digest video lessons, complete with demonstrations. Everything from diapering, feeding, the proper way of picking up infants, sleep, crying, environment, play, weaning, and much more are covered. Being with Infants is available on DVD and digital download at Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. Order today and be sure to follow Being with Infants on Facebook for free bonus content. Hot diggity dang, Hillbilly Horror Show's done gone global. Land and Goshen. Critics call Hillbilly Horror Show a barrel of good old American fun. It sure is. Catch the Hillbilly Horror Show on DVD and Roku or just visit www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just talk about www.w, you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. And while you're there, don't forget to get your official Pyongyang main t-shirt and official Hillbilly Horror Show koozie. Get your gear today. So, I'm talking about Iowa this week. I would just like to say really quickly, if you would like to send us any money, we will play your ad, too. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to be one of our sponsors. Just send us a chat. We're on Patreon. You can find us by Go Home. No One Loves You podcast on Patreon. Um, Or you could just send a check to my house or give me some (laughs) cash. Basically, if you have anything that you want to say or ask, whatever, just email us. Bye, go home. No one loves you at gmail.com. We'll fucking take care of it. We'll yeah. we'll discuss. We'll have discussions. Well, we also like suggestions and ratings and reviews and discourse. Unless you're trying to fact check us, we're not scholars. No, Don't. we're not fucking scholars. And also, like, we're just trying to have fun. If you want to listen to some serious Go on over to NPR, but also give them some fucking money, too. Yeah. And if we were sure about our facts, we wouldn't say allegedly every sentence. We wouldn't be saying fuck as much as we're saying. Hey, let's, or cunt. let's do this really quick. I would like to preemptively mm-hmm. cover this whole entire episode under the umbrella of allegedly. allegedly. Say it with us. Allegedly. allegedly. So we are going to Iowa. Apparently, the eastern part of Iowa is part of the Rust Belt. On the map, yeah, on the map it didn't show up. But when I was like doing, you know, the deep dives, it did say that a portion of Iowa is. So I ran with it. I'm pretty sure it's the last state of the Rust Belt that I have to cover. So I'm doing it. I did it. Iowa is fucked up. There was a whole lot of stuff. Iowa is one of two states I've never been to. And I don't. Plan on it. I've never been to Iowa either. I don't Why really need you? to go. It didn't seem like there was like a whole lot going on there. However, they had a lot of really like awful, awful stories. 
Well, tell me one. Okay. So we're going back to 1975. Okay. January 4th of 1975 at Marino's Meal on a Bun restaurant. First of all, Marino's Meal on a Bun is like the cutest, worst name for a restaurant ever. Is it still open? Because no. I would eat there. Right? We would absolutely, we would go there and we would want everyone to have buns. They would all be wearing cute little outfits. They would be matching all the servers. It would be adorable, right? And we'd probably even have a vegan option because we could throw like a portobello mushroom on something. Right. They would totally have ambrosia, ambrosia salad. <gasps> they would have um, jello with the green beans in it. Am I right? I that's not a real thing. People make that, don't lie. Um, Damon's mom makes this thing where she takes two cans of fruit cocktail mm-hmm. and mixes it with cool whip and then pistachio pudding. And just for me, she takes a whole jar of maraschino cherries and dumps it in. Cause she knows that I eat a jar of those every day. Yeah, you love those. Yeah, it's that's my serving of fruit. I bet they would have that at Marino's Meal on a Bun in Dubuque, Iowa. I had to look up how to pronounce it because there's a whole bunch. There are three U's in that name. Let's call it Dibuk. Dibuk, Iowa. Um, so we will be discussing Jackie Shireman. Um, Marino's Meal on a Bun was located at 1296 Central Avenue in Dubuque, Iowa. Um, Jackie was... A newlywed at 21 years old. She was married for just a few months. She was a Sunday school teacher and an aspiring actress. She had, I, like, there's like a really cute picture where she had cute little, like, cat eye glasses. Just I hate adorable. Where this is going. So it was nighttime and her brother, Rick Spear, um, visited her at work. Um, he said that she seemed fine. Is and- he related to Brittany? <laughs> I wish. Could you imagine? I like aye, him though. Aye, 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 aye. Mm. I don't think we can sing that. Um, so around 6.40 p.m. <laughs> around 6.40 p.m., an hour after, um, sh- an hour later, um, after Rick had visited his sister, Shireman told her boss that the restaurant had slowed down. So she was there all by herself. So around 7.45 p.m., another customer, um, Albert Fortier, walked into the restaurant and wanted a cup of coffee like one does. I I don't drink coffee after five. I don't drink coffee at all. Because I don't sleep ever. Yeah, I don't drink coffee at all. So, Albert, I mean, this was also the 70s. This was, like, what people did, I assume. So, uh, he knew something wasn't right, and okay. he waited around for, like, ten minutes, which, in my opinion, is a really long time to wait for anything. Well, I would have been, like, Especially nah. if you're the only customer yeah, in there. I would have walked the fuck right out. So... Instead of leaving, he poured himself a cup of coffee. <laughs> so he just walked behind yeah. like, the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, God bless. He poured himself a cup of coffee and he was looking around for someone to pay. So he is, you know, perusing, perusing the place, perusing Marino's meal on a bun. And he walked into the cooler and that's where he found Shireman <gasps> laying in a pool of her own blood. And next to her was a pair of scissors. Um, the tips, the tips um, were used to stab her, and they were covered in blood. And she was stabbed up to thirty times, and it was so bad that the tips of the scissors were fucking bent. I am it. That sounds so bad that I'm not gonna make a just the tip joke because no, I really I, want to, and I won't out of respect. You know what? You're a much better person than I because I can't say that I would say the same thing. It's not a fun game for anybody. No. Um. And 
Then two patrolmen, <laughs> two patrolmen arrived around 8 p.m. when an elderly couple flagged them down. So we have Shireman in the cooler in a pool of her own blood with bent scissors near her. Um, and they're in a diner. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of better things to use to kill somebody. Butcher knives? Tons. Carving knives, paring knives. Hell, a, even a iron skillet might be better. Right. So they use scissors, which seems odd because that seems like something that you would – like maybe, yeah, you'd find it near the register. But really, how many times a day do you need scissors near the register? Well, if you butcher your own meat – you have scissors in the kitchen. Right. So someone someone was clearly like not where they were supposed to be. So Okay. Okay. I you know get what I'm saying? Point. Right. Yes. Like someone it wasn't just like they walked in with scissors and stabbed her. Like if they were scissors from the place, like Fair enough. Someone was fucking around. So in a recent interview, um Spear the brother recalled arriving at the scene and had to be restrained from entering. He has always been critical of how the investigation was handled. He said that there were 30 cops in the building trampling over all the evidence. Which, again, it's 1975, so, you know, they're not as smart as they are now. But at, at least, at the very least, they should know to, like, block it all off, tape it off. Yeah, you know? Thing. Yellow caution tape, baby. Um, So... Pat Egan took the lead on the case. He was the captain of the police department's criminal investigation division at the time. He had 10 officers and five agents working to find the killer. However, Pat Egan was that guy who wanted to blame the first person everyone thought. The coffee man. (laughs) No. So one witness in 1975 said that she saw two men around 20 and 35-ish years old leaving after um, the estimated time of the homicide. Also, Egan discovered that the register was missing a little over $100. And um, Okay, so robbery gone wrong is what they're going to jump to. Okay, but that's – yes, but think about it. If someone – is being robbed. Say Shireman resisted a rob like robbery. They stabbed her thirty times. Like that's overkill. No With pun intended. No. Nope. They could. Yeah. They could have just knocked her out. So yeah, like you said, Egan. Egan was like she resisted robbery, and this is what happens. Like she. Like not that she deserves it, but this is basically like it. So can I ask you something really? Quick? Yeah. Our our producer is wondering. He thinks. That he heard you say that she saw five agents. No, 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 no. Um, they hired five agents to track. Not agents. I'm sorry. Agents. A G E. Do you know what? I was told that we talk real fast on this. I, Should I slow it down? Well, no, because I didn't hear that. Maybe we just shouldn't have our producer drink <laughs> and keep his phone on silent. <laughs> Um, so Wilma, Wilma is sweet Shireman's, um, mother. Of course her name's Right. And she said, God fucking bless her. She said, didn't think she, that she didn't think her daughter would fight someone. Um, if she's being robbed, she's, she said my daughter would probably just say, okay, take what you want because get the fuck out of here. Right. So then the owner of Marino's also said that he had trained trained Shireman and everyone else in the restaurant what to do in the event of a robbery, which is basically like, give them what they want and make sure everyone is safe and then get them, just get them out and then call the cops. Right, exactly. So 
we're we're two years later. There's still information coming oh my in. Gosh. No one's no one's caught anyone, whatever. Um, but a lot of the information was coming from local criminals. So uh. in 1977, the grand jury indicted Stephen Moore in Shireman's death. Um, he was just a local criminal in for like other robberies at the same time. Snitches get stitches. Right. So the Dubuque County District Court Judge Robert Kernan Kernan um, said that there was a lack of evidence. So even this motherfucker's like, I don't know what, like Egan, I don't know what you want me to do here. Because again, Captain Egan was like, it's got to be, you know, a robbery. This guy's known for his burglaries. I got to close my case. Right, exactly. And meanwhile, like I said, he had, what, 10 investigators and five agents? Agents. Um, working on it. So, like, it's not like he didn't have... You know how sometimes there's not enough Agents people to work? G. Yeah, you know how sometimes there's not enough people to work the cases? He clearly had plenty. So... That's not even plenty. Like, that's more than most really reputable crimes mm-hmm. get. Right. So, if someone's just stealing $100, why would they murder someone so badly? Oh, I watched enough Unsolved Mysteries to know that people get killed for less than that. Oh, I know, worse. right? But still, like, you know, trying to think logically, like, yes, things happen out of nowhere. But Moore was 21, and he was serving up to 10 years on previous burglary charges. However, this fucking asshole, during the trial, Moore spoke of robberies that he committed that day, which were essentially his fucking alibi. So there's no way, like, why would he lie about committing other burglaries? You know what I mean? I I know what you mean. <laughs> like, he's already going to jail. He's like, why would I? Like, oh he's like, God. I didn't do this to Shireman. I was committing the I robbery. Was at the, the I was robbing the KFC down the street of KFCs and then whatever. So basically, again, Egan just wanted to blame Moore. Um, but the, Moore was robbing the chicken store. He was robbing everything else. He was robbing the 7-Eleven. He was robbing the penny store. He was robbing the penny candy store. So... Then blood evidence at the scene was not linked to Moore. There, the footprints and the fingerprints that were found did not match Moore. Well, there were footprints and fingerprints from all the police that trampled through the exactly. scene. Exactly. But nothing – so even with all that, nothing matched Moore. So granted, everything's all fucked up, but, like, he didn't – like, he was not there. You know, there there should have been at least, like, one clean print of him somewhere. Nothing. So after six hours of the jury, you know, talking – They came back and said, they said he's not guilty because there wasn't enough evidence. So this, all this information um, is from 2008 and it's from iowacoldcases.org. So still back in 2008, this wasn't solved. Um, Still today, not solved. And they say that new testing could help the case. Um, However, there's only so much that they have to work with because like you just said, everything's been fucked up because of the 30 policemen that were there. That poor girl. Right. So, like I said, she had just been married, right? Just like three months, freshly okay, married. Okay, you don't got to head at home. Girl. Because <laughs> I, if you want me balling a microphone. <laughs> her husband would just go to the cemetery and sit at her grave every single dish. His name was James. And he was basically like distraught. That she was gone and that there was nothing that he or anyone else could do. And Are again, you going to tell me that he'd never be married because she was his one true love? Six months after the homicide, James drowned while swimming with friends off a <gasps> Mississippi River sandbar. It was ruled an accident. <sighs> yeah. So he didn't live 
much past his wife's death. You're a fucking bitch. I know. This is really sad. It's really sad. And I like. I I am not even. I'm I'm totally sober. Oh, I know. And don't don't that look. It's not no, me. She wasn't looking at you. No, you gave her a look like, oh, he drunk. I'm not. That is the saddest. Isn't it sad? I thought it was more sad that he sat at her grave every single day. That broke my heart. I think that's beautiful. That's right. what I would expect. I would, I would love. I've never. I've never been loved before. So if anyone ever loved me that much, like it kind of makes me wish I would die to see who would show up for me. What I want when I die mm-hmm. is for Damon to never be happy again <laughs> and to go to my grave every single day for two hours and just cry. What about do you do you want him to go to the ocean? Because that's where you be a dreamer. That's where you're allowed to be a dreamer. My name is Mark DeGlier and I'm two years old and I'm from the ocean. <laughs> no, I want to be laid in my backyard, but like a secretive location because it's illegal. You don't insist that he, your girl, go to the ocean and be a dreamer? No, Jen. Yeah. I'm not playing this game. I'm not. Whatever. You devastated me once <laughs> already. I'm not going to allow it in 10 seconds. But my girl, I insist that you go to the ocean because the ocean forces you to dream. And I insist, my girl, that you be a dreamer. When I showed up on the creek as the outcast, see, I can, I can actually quote it. I'm not mad about it. You just, I was trying to light it up. You just are bawling. So you don't, you can't even quote it. (laughs) I know. I was just trying to make everything a little lighthearted because it is really sad what happened to both Jackie and her husband James. You know, the only fan fiction I ever read was about Jen Lindley and Amy coming back to life. And Amy was a vampire and she made her mother a vampire, too. And they integrated themselves into the main characters of Dawson's Creek. And they like somebody Photoshop pictures and stuff and put it on my space. I wish that that would happen. I wish that they would do that. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. No, no, no. So basically, U.S. of Marinos was still open. It's not. Now it is a playground for Prescott Elementary School. Oh. <laughs> so. That's great. You can see kids going down the slide and stuff. Um, hang that's out. That's great. But um, a story aired on February 21st of 2018 to recap um, the murder of Jackie Shireman. That which was is- my 10th birthday. Happy birth. Thanks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, a cold case. So if anyone has any information, you could probably still contact someone at the Dubuque Police Department and let them know. It's just sad. I mean, the scissors were bent. That's really fucked up. Yeah, contact them. Don't contact me because I'm, I'm done. Are you that heartbroken? Was... It's sad, right? Okay. Last you, week was you traumatizing. Told a really, really sad story. And then... And then you tie Jen fucking Lindley into it? How dare you? That's a personal attack. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I personally attacked you. So I guess for this story, by go home to the Mississippi River sandbar that James drowned in. Oh my God. And by go home to whoever. By go home to the 30 police officers <laughs> who trampled the evidence. 
in Marino's meal on a bun, best name (laughs) ever, (laughs) and by go home to whoever murdered her. And by go home to my crippling sadness (laughs) that's going to keep me up tonight and force me to take all the clonopin that I saved for my dog. It'll be okay. It's your fault. Sorry. Do you want me bye to me? Bye, go home, Lita. Nobody loves you. Just kidding. 